smartest man alive! You're gonna die, clown! Now that's what I call a tool. I'm Scuba Sam! Scuba Steve's father! We eat the pig and then together we burn! Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest installment of the Billy Gilmore podcast, the podcast for the discerning Adam Sandler fan, the pod for the fan of the Sandman. I am your host, Wilson Smith, and joining me as always... Hi, this is Chris Giles. And Austin Colt. We're so excited to have you with us for this incredibly special episode. Once more, we venture further into the Schneiderverse. That's right. We have long since left behind uh, the safe harbor of Adam Sandler films, um, and we, you know, briefly had a had a had a lovely detour in uh, Chris Farley land. But we are <laughs> balls deep in the Schneiderverse. Uh, we are uh, reviewing, of course, tonight the Hot Chick, 2004's The Hot Chick, starring Rob Schneider, written and directed by Tom Brady, but not that Tom Brady. Um, and yeah, this is a this is a big one. Uh, this, at least as far as the Schneiderverse is concerned, it's a big one for me, um, seeing as this is the one Sh- Rob Schneider film that I know with certainty that I saw in its initial release in a theater. Uh, so that's exciting to talk about, and I'm excited to uh, discuss further with you guys. Uh, but first, we can uh, talk a little bit about some Sandler news. There's not a ton going on. Um, the uh, there, the, there's a new trailer out for uh, Sandler's upcoming Netflix film Hustle, um, which you know gives us just a better sense of uh, of what the movie is. Uh, and yeah, I, when does the movie come out? Does anyone know? Like, like June tenth, maybe. Okay, so it's coming up. So we're so we you know, and we'll have to. I think per our charter, we'll have to you know, break up the, break up the schedule, like whatever, you know, wherever we're at, as far as that might be, it might be between Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo and the bench warmers. I'm not sure when that will shake out, but like, it's, it'll either be right before the bench warmers or right after the bench warmers that will uh, discuss hustle. But I think it looks very promising. Um, I think it definitely looks like a departure for Sandler, not like on the level of like an uncut gems or, or whatever, but you know, it's definitely, I mean, it doesn't look like a comedy. It's just like a pretty straightforward basketball <clears throat> drama. It's, it appears. Um, obviously Sandler's well known for his basketball fandom. And as somebody who has been watching a lot of NBA recently, uh, it's, you know, it's two great tastes that taste great together as far as I'm concerned. Um, it looks super promising. What, what, do y'all, what did y'all think about that trailer? Not going to lie, gentlemen, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I haven't yeah. either. Oh, wow. Okay, well. I, I but, 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 like, to be honest, like, now I'm kind of curious too. Or maybe I should just go with that initial instinct and just go in as fresh as I can when, when we're going to watch it next month, because in my mind, I was like, Oh yeah, Sandler's doing a basketball comedy. Sign me up. And then I just, as you were talking just now, Wilson, I was just typing in like hustle, you know, 2022 and I'm seeing little, the poster image and like a little still from, from the, like from the trailer, like, Oh, this is okay. Like he has, he has gravitas beard on and, uh, and uh, like, is this going to be like his the way way back or the or uh, what was that that sad Affleck 
basketball oh, the movie. Way, the, way, the way back, yeah. Like, the, the way back, yeah. Like, is this going to be maybe somewhat in that, like, vein or a kind of a thing? Like, still sign me up. But, um, yes, I have to confess that I was uh, just, you know, not maliciously, but just kind of, like, absentmindedly. And obviously, I'm going to watch it no matter what. Um, I did not catch the trailer. So, um, going in blind on this one, but that's okay. Yeah, because this was the second trailer, I think. Yes. Yeah, so I had seen the first one, um, and I kind of looked at the the length of it, and I was like, seems like it's about the same length, so, like, I don't want to spoil too much. It, it looks like this one is going to be released in theaters, too. Wow. Well, Netflix is, sort of, Netflix is sort of in a weird place right now, and I've heard that maybe they're going to be doing more of that by necessity, um, is, like, interacting more with the theatrical space, like, whatever. Yeah, no, it looks good. It looks, you know, it's just, like, He's just a basketball scout who's like, you know, thinks he's found like the next big thing. Um, he's like Spanish basketball player who's a real NBA player. Um, and it's like about, you know, some fictionalized thing of like him trying to like get this guy to happen in the NBA or to get drafted. Um, one thing I thought was was interesting and kind of cool in the trailer, just because I know she's been around. I just haven't I haven't seen her in anything in a little bit. And I think this is her first Adam Sandler movie appearance. Um, Queen Latifah plays Sandler's wife, um, which I like that casting and like the scenes yeah. of the theme. They have a few scenes in the trailer together. And I was like, that's an interesting energy, Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah. I like that. Um so that's cool. And yeah, I mean, got a new, got a new Sandler movie coming out. I'll, I'll be very curious to see where, how it's received. Cause like, you know, it, even like the, like, like Hubie Halloween coming out a year after Uncut Gems, like it's not like I got great reviews, but I feel like people were like, finally for the first time, will more willing to be like charitable. Like the Dave Ehrlich's of the world were more willing to be charitable to like a dumb regular Adam Sandler comedy. But I wonder if that sort of charity will extend to if he makes a drama that's just okay. Or, just, you know, like if this is as good as Rain Over Me, is it going <laughs> to be like scorched earth again? Like, fuck this man forever. Or, you know, will the continued critical sort of like, sure, why not? <laughs> Towards Sandler, uh, you know, will that remain uh, consistent? Will the streak go unbroken? Uh, it'll either be sure why not or if folks have or if folks are harder on it it'll be like oh, it just shows again that when he goes dramatic he's really got to have like a real director to like blah, blah, blah. and it's like yeah, God. yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm excited about that Latifah casting too um, and it's like and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's one of those weird things where it's like oh have they never appeared in a movie together that seems kind of wild you think it would have happened even peripherally yeah. at some point yeah yeah, like have her show up as, as like a cameo in something. Like, dude, yes. like, I don't know. It's just like, yeah. The, um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, definitely looking forward to that one. Um, beyond that, I know last last episode we mentioned we had already heard the news that he was like it was confirmed that he was working on something uh, something new with the Safties. Um, right. So that's very cool. Um, yeah, so I think that's I think just the trailer for Hustle. I think that's mo is there anything else that y'all remember you know happening in Sandlerland? Um, I wanted to mention that because uh, we've texted about it like privately, but I don't know if we've actually talked about this on the show. But there is a new David Spade stand up special on on Netflix, um, and I'll grab the title real quick. But it's at this point probably just at the top of your Netflix homepage. Um, it's called Nothing Personal. Mm. And I watched it the other night. It's solid. 
I don't want, yeah, like it's, it's, it's a pleasant hour with Spade telling stories, doing, doing his thing. Um, like some Hollywood stories, some just like weird, like here's the crazy bullshit that happens when people think you're like a celebrity stories and just guy getting old stories. It's kind of, you know, it's in his wheelhouse, but it, it was a pleasant hang. It's not 100% fresh territory, but you know, I had a, I had a fun time hanging with it. So you're telling me the David Spade special is, is called nothing personal, but then the new special that he announced or he like slipped that is a Norm Macdonald special is called nothing special. So we've got, is that right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, okay. Well, there's your next bit of news actually. Yeah, that's right. Austin, you want to take that? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, um, there was recently a Norm Macdonald like memorial in Hollywood and at a piece of that, many people were speaking. And I guess at some point within that or within the Spade podcast, Spade, uh, Dan and Carvey podcast, it was kind of slipped and it became a bigger piece of news item that Norm Macdonald recorded one last special um, sometime in the 2020, 2021 range, um, just him alone in a room, and Netflix is going to be releasing it as kind of, it sounded like it was like a special slash documentary in a way. And it comes out, I think, May 30th. So That's right. just, just around the corner. That's awesome. As you said, Wilson, I'm very much looking forward to that, but also kind of stealing myself to, you know, feeling some stuff while I watch it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Thank That's good catch. I'd forgotten that. Yes, that is, that's huge news. And yeah, what I was reading about it today was that, um, yeah, it was just like, he didn't, he, it wasn't like a, Oh, I want to like bump people out and like deliver my final statement on like, whatever, like according to his like producing partner for many years, she said that it was just like, no, he just loved this material and was just like, well, in case thing, he wasn't sure. Like when the pandemic hit, he was just like, well, in case things go south with the diagnosis and everything, like just, I'll just, we'll just do it and put it out there. And so like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm really, really excited. I mean, it's going to be, obviously it's going to be really bittersweet um, to, to watch no matter what. Um, but the fact that there's new unseen uh, norm material is huge. And that's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's really, and for me, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I know for all of us, it's like we're, you know, we've expressed such love and admiration for Norm and his and his body of work. And um, and there was, you know, not not as much of it as, you know, as we would have liked, I think. And so just like just, you know, any, any, any of it, it's, you know, it's a blessing to get more mm -hmm. norm. Um, so that's that's definitely an unalloyed good in the world. <laughs> um so yeah, I think that's that, that's the major one. And yeah, I, I need to check out that Spade, the the Spade special. Um, I also need to listen to his podcast with Dana Carvey. Um, it's fun. Yeah, people, and because I think that was where that was when when we first talked about it. That was where it first sort of surfaced. That news was that Spade was talking about it on the podcast. Like, yeah, Norm, you know, like Norm had all this had this you know special. It's going to be coming out, and it's like, oh wow, like when are they going to announce that? Mm -hmm. So. Um, so yeah, very exciting news uh, on that front. So good, uh, at least in the early summer, you know, Happy Madison fans uh, will will be, uh, you know, it'll be an embarrassment of riches um, <laughs> for those of us. Um, so yeah, I think uh, without further ado, we should just, I think we should just talk about the, top, the hot chick. Let's get it. 
So, um, first of all, had either of you seen the hot chick before now? I had seen it the one time in theaters back in what, uh, 2002. And I remember having a good time with it. Um, I hadn't, I had not seen it since then until today, aside from possibly catching like a scene or two, like on idle, like, like, you know, like on comedy central or something with idle channel surfing, but never actually sat down and watched it again until today, 20 years later. Yeah. What about you, Austin? Uh, it's first time viewing. Wow. Oh, exciting. Yeah. First well, time viewing. That is very exciting. That's, that's huge. So we'll, we'll get fresh, fresh eyes on, uh, on the hot chick. Um, yeah, this one was, um, this is a movie that, uh, as I, as I recall it, um, this belongs to the relatively small, but I, I should make a letterbox list for this as they were, as they occur to me, but, um, the relatively small, but prominent number of films that I saw as a kid in sneak previews where they would, you know, like occasionally, I don't know how often this happens anymore, especially with theatrical being not as much of a, a, a concern, but like where they would show, I, I mean, in Columbus, Georgia, I'm not talking about like a major market. It's like they would just like do like they would an announce it in the paper. You just went to buy a ticket, but it was like a special sneak preview of a movie that was coming out like one or two weeks later. Um, and it's not like I ever answered any survey questions afterwards, you know, by anyone. So I don't know what the purpose was other than I guess to the idea was to like spread grassroots, like like word of mouth about these movies. Like, you know, every little bit helps, but the ones I can remember seeing in sneak preview were The Hot Chick, uh, the Nicolas Cage, Brett Ratner film, The Family Man. <laughs> and oddly enough, another Brett Ratner movie, uh, 2004's After the Sunset with Pierce Brosnan and Woody Harrelson. Wow. Uh, a movie that time has completely forgotten, um, but not me, because um, I saw it in sneak preview. So yeah, I saw, I saw The Hot Chick a week or two before um, it came out because it came out in like December of 2002 and I saw it I believe in a double feature with Eight Crazy Nights <laughs> um, which had come out several weeks beforehand uh, before the hot chick was released and so I'm it must have been in that sweet spot where I could see I could catch Eight Crazy Nights before it left um, yeah, so um, I mentioned uh, before we before we dive in proper, I, I, I know I said this to you, Chris, but I, I mentioned, I think, uh, on an earlier episode that um, some of my best friends in college, this was like a staple of like DVD and then like like FX or wherever, wherever it would play on TV. Like they would just like my I had these two good friends of mine who would watch this movie all the time and they would always do the um, an impression of the, the movie's most iconic bit, uh, which is... Uh, Rob Schneider as Rachel McAdams going, it's me, Jessica. <laughs> and like, we just like use that voice in all these different contexts. And um, I, I uh, you know, these two guys are now extremely respectable and well-paid, you know, people in major, major cities in this country with wives and children and happy lives. And I texted them about the hot chick today uh, and they both, res and they both responded. Um, uh, one said, couldn't believe it received zero Oscar noms, biggest robbery in decades. Um, and the other said, Oscar politics got in the way of it being recognized, um, which is, you know, undeniably true on both mm -hmm. counts. Um, so, yeah, no, this movie is directed by Tom Brady, who uh, co-wrote The Animal, as we mentioned uh, on the last episode. 
Um, and this is him. He's directing this one. He went on to direct. Uh, he went on to direct the uh, what was it called? The Long Shots? Not the Long Shots. Is that it? The 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 David the 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 spoof movie about the. Okay, hold on. That sounds this right. Is, the football movie. Yeah, instantly the derailed. Um, David Koechner. He directed uh, the Comebacks. The Comebacks. There's there is a movie called The Long Shots, but. Um, he directed the comebacks with David Koechner, like the spoof of inspirational sports movies. And he also directed um, Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. Right. Um, and he wrote for The Simpsons and The Critic. Um, so, you know, good good resume there. Um, and so, yeah, this is his, I believe, his directorial debut. Um, I, I, uh, I'd like to, we haven't really done this in a while. Um, and we knew it was coming with Schneider. Um, or we haven't done this as extensively as I kind of want to tonight, but um, we we knew this was we were building up to this for Rob Schneider, but um, we're just going to dive in, you know, feet first today. Um, Roger Ebert had some things to say about this movie, um, and I just want to like read a few things, and then weirdly, I had to go hunting for I had to go hunting for some for another one of his quotes about this movie that appears in a very random review, you know, years later, but it apparently apparently this movie just wormed its way into his brain, you know, even more so than Dee Spigolo European Gigolo, which we'll have a lot to say about his reaction next week. But anyways, he says, uh, he gave it half a star um, out of four. Um, and he says, um, Let's see. Uh, the movie's. I'm just randomly like pulling things out of context, but the movie's conviction that we would rather see the outside of Rob Schneider's body than the outside of Rachel McAdams' body is not the least of its miscalculations. Um, he says um, the 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 way the movie handles the switch is that Rob Schneider visually appearing as himself has Jessica trapped inside. He she convinces his her girlfriends of this transformation. This is one of the most astonishing events in the history of mankind. Incredible and miraculous. And so what inflames the curiosity of the three girlfriends? His penis. <laughs> uh, and then uh, <laughs> um, it says the MPAA writes that, rates this PG-13 is too vulgar for anyone under 13 and too dumb for anyone over 13. Um, but the quote that I had remembered from, on, from Roger Ebert on this film is not was not to be found in this review and weirdly enough i was mistaken i thought it was in his deuce bigelow 2 review it's not he wrote this passage that i'm about to read in the review for just friends which i had to do some thinking the only connection is anna ferris um that anna ferris is in just friends with ryan reynolds and amy smart um the the comment the fat suit comedy where Ryan Reynolds is, does anyone know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, 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 yeah. just friends. Yeah, so, that's one. Yes. That, yeah, that's one I never got around to. Um, gotcha. And but I, I like I've only heard like pretty dicey sounding stuff about it since then. <laughs> well, it's not very good. But here's a paragraph from uh, Roger Ebert's uh, uh, Roger Ebert's review of of <laughs> Just Friends. It says Sam is played by Anna Ferris. Who, I, I can't, sorry, real fast. I cannot begin to explain how weird it is that he drags this into a review of Just Friends. 
It's like it is it is clearly burning a hole in his brain. Um, he said, Sam is played by Anna Ferris, who in the hot chick played the best three years before. In the hot chick played the best friend of a character portrayed by Rachel McAdams, who is magically transported into the body of Rob Schneider causing the audience to urgently desire that he had been transported into her body instead because then he would look like her. Actually, they do trade bodies, but the plot follows the Rob Schneider body, which is like taking the Gatorland exit on your way to Disney World. (laughs) Which is a great line, but it does beg the question of why he's thinking of it not even in a Rachel McAdams movie, in an Anna Ferris movie. Like he see years later, he sees this Anna Ferris movie. He's like, "Oh, she was in that goddamn Schneider thing." I gotta talk about this some more. It's, yeah, very, very weird. Um, so yes, this is the hot chick. It it the movie does concern <laughs> Rob Schneider uh, inhabiting the body of Rachel McAdams, but yes. As Roger Ebert indicated, we do not see that movie for 97% of it. Uh, It's just Rob Schneider with presumably Rachel McAdams' spirit inside of him. Now, this is intensely complicated at the end of the movie when uh, you see the the, the switching happening. Um, It's not entirely clear, except for comedy plot reasons, why you would need, like why if she went to sleep in her bed, Rob Schneider's body would wake up in her bed. Like, wouldn't it be that she she would just wake up in Rob Schneider's body on his in his recliner, like, and he would wake up in her body in her bedroom? I don't know why I'm thinking about it like this much, but it, it, the mechanics of it are odd. Um, well, well, and we like we have like a very like just silly. Um, intro to the movie this like flashback to like the mummy times and we see an example of the magic at work and unless i was totally not paying proper attention it seems to be that like their spirit their spirits switch the two ladies but the bodies stay the same so in other words following that logic this movie should be following around rachel mcadam with rob schneider's personality which could still be funny well, and like, wouldn't it be like, yeah, like, wouldn't you? I mean, it's like, just that open for that for that beginning, but like, what, yeah, I, I don't understand why she would not be like you would have like Rachel McAdams in her home, but it's Rob Schneider's spirit, and he's just like, what? Yeah. Like, like, like in the um, uh, what's that movie that came out uh, with Vince Freaky, the Vince Vaughn horror movie, um, which has damn near the same premise, just right. you know, not a horror movie. Good movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, um, so basically, yeah, we do start off, um, we do start off with like, you know, just a couple of years into their charter, uh, Happy Madison just throwing around a little bit of fuck you cash because the opening with this, like the camera sort of like booming up onto this like CGI, like it is like the opening shot of the mummy. Um, it is like the opening shot of the mummy with like the big CGI assisted camera move, like through like a CGI temple, um, Mm-hmm. And like why that was needed, I'm not entirely sure. Um, an interesting note is that I didn't go back and re- I did not go back and rewatch the trailer, but I'm 98% certain that the trailer in the, the trailer implies very heavily that the reason she switches bodies is because of that got- weirdo goth occult student doing that curse in class. <laughs> and that turns out to just be a red herring in the movie. 
and she's not the one in, involved. But yeah. I remember specifically that the, that the trailer implied that that was like that was like it was like a like cause and effect. Like uh. I mean, she she says that spell, and then the next morning she wakes up as Rob Schneider. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, we had the the little uh, not a knocks in a moon. Uh, you know, switching places with her uh, her uh, slave girl. Um, and then we're in present day 2002 and who do we have, but, oh, goodness, goodness me. It's Rachel McAdams star of, of course, uh, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Um, but more, most more Shut people, the fuck up. more people know her as the star of to the wonder directed by Terrence Malick. Um, that's, and that's a little better. Some other people might know her uh, from mean girls or the family stone or, uh, wedding crashers. Um, the notebook, uh, the notebook, and arrows, uh, the uh, vow with Channing Tatum, the um, original. Uh, oh yes, yeah, the original Time Traveler's Wife. We have her in there uh, before it was uh, rebooted. Um, so yes, Reggie Adams, uh, a, a treasure. The first thing I had ever seen her in. Um, I don't know if she was in anything else before this, but she was very like, I, and because this came out in December of 2002 and because of the role that she's playing, even like, even if this didn't get her the role in uh, Virginia George in the timing works out, like it would have been the very next thing she made. Basically. It would have been the next thing. Like, like, right. like at this time, 2002, she, she would have been on Slings and Arrows by that point, which was a Canadian show from this time that's quite good and quite charming. Um, and in that one, from what I've seen of it, she's just, you know, she's playing a up-and-coming actress, you know, sharp and talented and very just, you know, like sweet and sensitive and, you know, kind of a far cry from the roles that would first make her pop. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, so this would have been like probably like a stateside breakout for sure. So she's, um, I mean, just, just getting out of the way right here. She, as Roger Ebert said, she is unfortunately not in enough of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, like, and even like, if I'm not as mad as he is about it, it's like just a few more cutaways, just like more than like the two that we get or the three that we get or whatever. It's like, just like a few more cutaways to Rachel McAdams doing her thing would have been so like beneficial to the movie, I think. But she is very good in this and she's very clearly... I don't know. I mean, you can't say how much is like, you know, like in retrospect, like hindsight being 2020 and all, but it is still just like, oh, like she go back, watch rewatching her. There's no like, there's no jitters. There's no like, oh, yeah. like she doesn't know how to carry a movie yet. It's like, oh, she's just like, she's a confident, very capable and engaging performer. Um, I wonder if they, if they had cut away to her more and 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 for all we know there's some of that that just was just on the cutting room floor um and I'll, and also by the way this movie is already 105 like like 105 minutes which is so it like already has like a bit of weight on it but if if it had cut away to her more because the brief flashes we get of her as as like bad guy schneider are very funny like i wonder if that would have like upset the balance of the movie in a way like in other words i wonder if they didn't cut away to her more because they knew she'd wipe the fucking floor with, with, with Schneider who's doing good work in this movie. I, yeah. I want to say firm from, 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 from the start with this being the first time viewing, I like, there's a point where I was like, Oh shit, she's in this still. Right. 
Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just that Rob Schneider is playing both characters because it would sometimes be that he would seemingly be playing like I am a I am Jessica and I am the Rob Schneider character. I think just because he was trying to play office himself and I just got a little bit lost in there being like, wait, what? (laughs) What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, you're right. I do think, Chris, I do think like I think Schneider is pretty I I do think Schneider's good in this movie. And I think that um, he. I don't want to say that he. I, I I don't want to say that he's not committed in the animal, but the animal, for as much as I I mildly enjoyed watching it, the animal is so conceptually like what? Like it's just like you know, like scene to scene, it's just like vignettes of like, well, what if Rob Schneider just acted weird? Like, and this is a more consistent thing he has to play, um, like a per, like a person he has mm. to play a different person, but like in his skin, and he. He he, he kind of, I don't know. I was kind of impressed with like, like despite you know, like yes, we hear you from beyond the grave, Roger. We hear your your complaints about this, and I and somewhat agree. But I don't think he's as bad as he's as dire as all that. Um, I think he he has some very he has some very funny moments. Not the least of which is the aforementioned "It's me, Jessica," um, which is of course a brilliant moment. So yeah, we 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 see Rachel McAdams. She's um uh, she's the cheerleader. She introduces. She's like big cheer uh, pep rally for their uh, their high school, and uh, her friends are Anna Ferris, who at that point I knew from uh, the first two scary movies, um, and was. So like, I love, I had such a crush on her in those, mm. in those, fir- those early scary movies. Um, and seeing her in the hot chick was really cool. But I remember wondering why she like, wasn't the star, like why, like it was, cause I was like at the time. And I mean, even a little bit now I'm like, isn't she like it, it like, although I guess she would have had less screen time if she wasn't playing the best friend. So that's the sort of, that's, that's the catch 22 there. Cause I was like, right. she's so good. Who is this other person? Like, you know, well, and, and I her. mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good for her. But, and I remember seeing this and right there with you, Wilson crushing on our big from the first couple of scary movies, scary movie three, by the way, would have come out the next summer. Right. So two summers in a row, I was laughing my ass off in the theater with uh, with 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 Anna Ferris. But honestly, yeah, like you watch this movie, and at that point, you think maybe it would have been like the quote unquote lead role. But I think, like for me at least, I, like I, like I remember watching it, and this is when Anna really popped for me. As funny as the first two scary movies are, and like and like she's in it, like for like for this one, playing a quote like a like an ostensibly thankless best friend role and this is the most like nuanced like and like (laughs) like i feel like fully fleshed out character in the movie she's kind of stealing it from everyone and she's so goddamn funny even something as simple as just like just cutaways to her reacting to schneider and she's so animated like oh like 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 this for me was just was anna ferris becoming anna ferris and not just like oh it's that cutie from scary movie like like I like I I remember having that thought in the theater, being like, "Oh shit, she fucking rules!" And hey, there's Schneider too. There's like there's Schneider too. He's pretty funny. Like, <laughs> I think it's a good compliment because she's such a good like physical actress. Yeah, like what she does is like very expressive. And uh, I mean, scary movie. A lot of her funny jokes are her just like almost like falling down, or uh, the the sex scene in the first one, or just <laughs> yeah. getting blown up to the ceiling. Um, she's very good in that sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's she's amazing. Um, she has a she has a reaction in this movie. Um, or she has a moment where um, she, um, where when we when we do tie up the loose thread of the goth girl, the, the occult girl, and she's just like, and they're like, oh, so you didn't do the spell? And she's like, oh, I've cast plenty of spells on you. I've cast spells for you to like fall down, like during your whatever, like do this blah blah. I've cast spells to make one boob bigger than the other. And Ferris just goes, oh, I think you got me with that one. Like, <laughs> like, and she's not like doing it awkwardly. She's just like, oh yeah, that's me. Like, and it's so, you're right. Like she's so winning. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, she is a very, I, what I was about to say, I had to catch myself. And she's a very good example of the thing that was brought up on a different podcast, uh, the, the Blank Check podcast, where they were talking about like, oh, you talk about how, sometimes you'll be like, where has that actor who I love been? And then you don't realize, oh, they've been on a CBS sitcom for eight years. And that's kind of on a Ferris because she was on that show Mom with Allison Janney. Um, right. And it's a little bit misleading because Allison Janney has continued to be in a lot of things, mm. like movies, like in addition to doing that. But like Anna Ferris, you know, good for her. Um, I feel like the last time I saw her in a movie was it, this can't be right because this is a long time ago now. But uh, Keanu, she had a very funny appearance in that movie. Um, um, yeah, I don't. That's that's a good point. I don't she's. Know. She's she was kind of, an overboard, which I never saw, but that was a starring role, so she did do that. Right. I listened to her podcast for the longest time. Okay. Like, she started that, like, in 2016, 2015, and I feel like it's been a pretty regular regular thing, so I wonder if that's her pivot, or what's gone? Where I she mean, she has, you know, she has kids. She's, like, mm-hmm. you know, she's on the CBS sitcom. Like, she's she's working. She's doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason she needs to be in movies. Um but she, but it, it does look like so. I didn't see Overboard, which came out in 2018, and she has not been. She was a cameo in Keanu, which was the last thing she made before Overboard live action. And aside from voice roles, she has not been. She's in movie 43 and something called I Give It a Year uh, in 2013, mm-hmm. and then. But like it really has been like nearly a decade since Anna Ferris, aside from Overboard, once again, which is a ma- that's a starring role, major major exception. But it really has been like nearly a decade since we've seen Anna Ferris on our screen. So it's not just us. Like that is a real thing. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, I, it's not a bummer for her. She seems to be thriving. Uh, yeah. It's a bummer for me because I haven't seen her in a while. We don't. We don't need another scary movie installment. But if if some like vehicle like like my like my fantasy perfect world is Anna's next movie would be like some sort of buddy vehicle with her and Regina Hall like uh, <laughs> doesn't doesn't have to be a scary movie but get those two back together that, and that is legitimately you saying that and I just thought about how like they brought like they brought back like Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon to be in Grumpy Old Men literally because it was like, hey, remember these guys? You love them together, don't you? Like, <laughs> they need to do that for Anna Ferris and Regina Hall. Like, absolutely get those two, like, like put them in a movie together and just watch the sparks fly. They are, they are so good together. <laughs> They're so good together. And, and just real quick on Regina Hall, and you see some of this with, like, maybe 
if you look at some of the Anna's movies where she's maybe a bit more of like of like dialed in and like a, like a bit more of a straight person, but like I love Girls Trip so much. It's a really good movie, and Regina Hall's kind of just playing like the straight lace character. And it's like, and that's fine. She's there to like add like emotional grounding to the to the stuff going on, and she's good in it. But it's also like, have y'all like like she like like she's <laughs> she's an insane person when she's when when she's when she's going nuts. Like it's ugh, that's, God. that that scene in the first scary movie uh, where she, where she's doing the the, the scream two uh, the scream two. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith thing. Uh, yes. She's like talking to the talking at the screen and like getting mad at other talkers. Like that's just like that is like like un, unhinged. Like just like like straight up to the moon over the top. Crazy to the dude. moon over the top. There's a bit where she's like grinding on uh, Marlon Wayans and just saying the most filthy shit. Like she's doing stuff that Haddish would do. And like in a way, like bringing that same energy to Girls Trip all those years later, it's like God, fucking Regina Hall, man. She okay, yeah. So yeah, she should do a thing with Anna Ferris. She she should do something with Adam Sandler. They should all three do something together, and that's yeah. all I, I have to say about that. Keep, keep the Regina the, the Regina Hall train rolling. But anyway, so the hot chick, um, boy. So that I I didn't like really realize until we like kind of waded into it that like there's there's a lot to. Not just the Roger Ebert of it all, but eventually we're going to have to touch on um, a certain cartoon uh, sitcoms uh, <laughs> using this movie as a catalyst for their uh, Rob Schneider hate. But we'll, we'll get to it in a moment. Um, so anyways, Regina Hall, <laughs> Rachel McAdams, uh, <laughs> Rachel McAdams plays, um, let's see, Jessica something. Um, and uh, yeah, we're introduced to her, Pep Rally. They she humiliates this uh, this uh, larger uh, student. Um, she basically just like gets toilet paper thrown on her and and a, a toilet seat thrown on her. <laughs> um, it's humiliating, and I, I, I confess that there was a moment in which people were booing and shouting things at the the, the girl, and I in my heart made like a, a, a mental, like a, like a little silent thank you to the movie gods that they didn't include uh, a cameo of, uh, that they did in Deuce Bigelow and the Animal of someone saying, that's a huge bitch. And unfortunately they were saving it for the end because they actually do do that in response to this character. And it's, it's not cool, <laughs> but there you have it. Uh, I just like, that was just like, a, well, be, be, you spoke too soon, my man. <laughs> and, and yeah, and like this movie goes out of its way to like show how nice that character is and that um, and that Jessica recognizes that it was wrong that she was being mean and then proceeds just to have like cutaways to her just wolfing down a burger while she's watching the news for no other reason. Like this isn't like, like, like just sort of like a non sequitur running joke, like Brad Pitt in the oceans movies. This is no, this is fatty eats greasy food. And it's, it's, it ain't great. There's a, there is like a sort of, so that actually reminds me of, that reminds me of something that I think is going to come up again in this, this episode. And you know what we talk about here, because there's something almost, and I think we've seen it enough in the Adam Sandler universe in general that like, we almost like have like, I'm not saying this is right or that like it, it it's it's like a coherent like sort of world view but there there's just this this very interesting thing where it's like they want to like be inclusive of and like not shitty towards marginalized groups while also reserving the right to think they are funny like right. to make fun of 
And so like, it's just a, it's just a, an interesting, and again, I'm not letting, I don't think like, I'm not saying the good intentions, let it, let them off the hook for being offensive in certain ways, but it is interesting in that we have a character in this movie. And this is, this speaks to the, like, this is a microcosm of the film, but like with that, that character, um, she later is, she goes out clubbing with the, with the girls and there's a, a, a another character a man who is like she's wearing a she's wearing a dress that looks like the um looks like it's like polka dot it looks like uh uh twister is that the yeah twister it looks like the the, the board game twister she's it's it's a really cute dress yeah and um <laughs> and he goes i got dibs on the dots and his friend looks at him like ew gross and we we the audience are kind of invited to like like you know, he he grabs her ass and it's like right hand red, left hand blue. And we are supposed to be laughing at this. The, and the joke is that this dude like has the hots for like a like bigger woman. Right. But the thing is, in the context of the movie, she is the no the guy who the guy who is grossed out by it is unambiguously like a bad dude and a villain mm-hmm. like it's hypocritical in that we are also invited to laugh about at this scenario but it's also the case that the movie kind of makes a point of giving her it doesn't give it doesn't end up giving any of jessica's other friends uh, like a steady romantic in, like interest and yet she gets one, like someone who likes her for who she is. And it's like, okay, well, that's <laughs> all right. Well, and that's sort of, you know, that extends to some of the uh, gay and otherwise on the spectrum characters throughout this movie um, in which we are invited both to laugh, <laughs> laugh at them and cheer for them I cheer guess. for them understand that it's not like you know like who cares like don't be don't be don't be mean bro like there's no reason to be a jerk to people and like i call this good. like or like i think of this as like the kevin smith sort of conundrum um like especially from this era and you see it a lot with some of his notable movies um yeah it's and and it was kind of it was it kept me on my toes as i was rewatching it you know 20 years later um because it being early aughts Rob Schneider, I'm like, oh, I'm sure there's going to be some weird stuff here that I've that I've totally forgotten about. And like the movie starts off like before the switch occurs, you're spending a day with Jessica and kind of seeing how she's not very like like she she's definitely like she's not like to the level of Regina George, but she definitely has some mean girl energy. Meanwhile, she also like is really sweet towards her little brother who is getting picked on at school for being different, and she's taking care of him and clearly like has like a like a older sibling like i like i'm annoyed at this little weirdo thing but is totally also non non-phased by the fact that she, that he likes to you know use her makeup and wear her clothes and stuff like her annoyance is that little brother is stealing my shit it's not that he's trying on bras like that kind of a thing which is which is kind of like like and like that's like the first 10 minutes of a movie that's sort of how we're starting off which is kind of cool meanwhile you have the runner like 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 the running fat jokes and this and that so it's simultaneously exactly what you think this rob schneider movie from 2002 would be but also kind of disarmingly more forward thinking than you uh remember it being too which was an interesting 
two things happening at once. Like, yeah, they give you that. They, it's like they make sure to give you like her save the cat moment to where you don't totally hate Jessica before you lose before she goes away completely is her. Yeah. Do it like comforting her brother who's cross-dressing. Right. She, um, uh, yeah, my dog's coughing again. You can always hear him. He, um, uh, but, and then later in the movie, there are several jokes where it's, or several moments when it's like, okay, clearly we're supposed to be laughing at this kid is like dressing up like, uh, in his sister's clothes, but it's kind of, I don't know. We've already been like, sort of like, Hey, don't bully this kid. Like we've already, that's the first context in which we've seen it. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, so we uh, get to see you know Jessica's life. She's a mean girl, uh, one could say, and she is. Uh, you know, we just you know we see her in her high school. She's uh, kind of queen of the castle, queen bee. She has uh, her you know her posse includes Anna Ferris um, and a few other girls, including one. So there's a runner in this movie uh, uh, about um, this uh, African American student uh, <laughs> whose mother is Korean. And I, it's really a whole lot of, I don't want to touch this with like a 30 foot pole. Um, as you know, if you can't tell from our voices, we are three white dudes. Um, but it's, I remember, so I remember at age 13 in 2002, finding this very funny. Um, so the, the and the actress who plays um, the actress who plays her mother um, I I lost her name here I, I pulled up but she's been in a million things Jody Long okay she's been in a ton of things like has clearly had like a long like respectable career um, she's very funny in this and once again this is another example of we the we see the joke at first seems to be that. Okay, like her mom's embarrassing her, but specifically her mom is embarrassing her by showing people that she's not fully black. Like she wants to be seen as fully black and she's embarrassed by her Asian heritage. Later on in the movie, when this sort of comes to a head, the, the Tia and Tamara Mallory, who are in these like two scenes and like not very much else, and they are basically there to like, validate or not validate like this character's identity um they um you know they sort of scoff at her mom showing up uh, at lunch at school bringing her her lunch um but then later on and this was this was the bit that um we're jumping all over the place but that's fine um this was the bit that killed me in in high school um when she goes <laughs> Ling Ling, you forgot your bling bling. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so stupid. But she she says that and her and uh, Ling Ling freaks out and she's just like, mom, like you're ruining my life. And her mom leaves. And Tia Tamara Maori are like, they're not like, oh, that's cool. They're just like, what? Like, no, like I wish my mom would bring me some bling bling. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and it, once again, it's supposed to be like, oh no, like we can laugh about, we can laugh at this person, but like, don't make fun of them. Like, and it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, um, oh, There's, that's, uh, oh man. Well, and, and, and the mom has a line during that scene. I, I'm not going to repeat it, oh, but, no. <laughs> but, but it, it's, <laughs> I mean, like I laughed and just kind of, you know, like, and just like took a walk to sort myself out. And, <laughs> <laughs> 
it's well, the, uh, part, the, the part of this that broke like and i mentioned in a text to you earlier chris or, or both of you that there was a part in this movie where i just like i had been like chuckling the whole time and there was a moment that just like broke me and i just was like laughing so hard and it was when she goes out at the end to talk to her mother and her mom's in this like low rider um and her mom says the thing about her mom says the thing you're not about, ashamed uh, of me you're ashamed of yourself yeah, you're, not, you're not ashamed of me you're ashamed of yourself which is like whoa like deep and then like the hydraulics kick in she like drives her like bouncing up and down to some like gangster rap and everyone around her is like yeah and for whatever reason like if I'd had liquid in my mouth, it would have gone all over my living, my coffee table because I just was like, <laughs> it just, it, 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 it did me in. <laughs> but we are, we are far afield from the main attraction. We haven't even gotten to Rob Schneider yet. Um, so we'll make this very quick. Uh, Rob Schneider, uh, we are introduced to him uh, robbing a gas station, uh, a convenience store. Uh, he, uh, uh, they only have like eleven dollars in the register, and so he so he steals from uh, the like the little handicapped kids like fund, and then he uh, when he's just like, what else can I steal? Um, He's like, well, you could get some nachos. And I like him like pouring the, <laughs> shoving the nachos and pumping the cheese into the bag. Um, and then yeah. he, um, there's a good, there's a good bit from Rob Schneider here where he, um, he gets to the ICs and he takes a lot of ice. And he's just like, he's just like, he, like sucking it up from the fountain or for, from the nozzle. Uh, and he gets brain freeze and he's like, ah, and then he just keeps going, and he, <laughs> uh, which is funny. Um, and to uh, Rachel McAdams pulls up outside in her Volkswagen bug and uh, is asking for gas because this is the wild world of 2002 in which that was a regular feature of places. People would pump your gas. Um, and uh, Rob Schneider uh, to, I guess, so that they don't see anything suspicious. He goes out to pump gas. Um, this is all after. Okay. I forgot. They go to the mall. <laughs> Rachel McAdams goes to the mall with her friends and uh, they go to this uh, like uh, they, they, they run into like her rival. It's this girl named Bianca, um, just like a rival cheerleader. Um, and who is one of Bianca's friends, but Ashley Simpson. Uh, so Ashley Simpson. And I also want to point out that later on when like they're at the club, you see like this cool hip DJ chick and it's uh, singer songwriter, Michelle branch, who, yeah. who I, I, I feel like I really want to say this for the record. Now we might sort of make some 2002, you know, scoffs at Ashley Simpson, whatever, but Michelle branch was and is a goddamn artist. And I was uh, <laughs> happy to see her here. I still listen to her whenever I'm feeling down and she always, and she always takes me back up. Um, yeah, that, that that was I noticed that as well. Uh, that was great, uh, real real blast from the past. Um, so they go to they go to this uh, this store that uh, that is just like I don't know, like it's just like old world antiquities. Yeah, uh, it, in the it's, mall, <laughs> it's it's left deliberately vague, which is probably a good thing. Uh, uh, and um, and just. Real quick, there's another Ling Ling joke here that was my sort of spit take moment. And Ling Ling's like walking around. She's like, wow, like, 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 you know, seeing all these objects, it makes me feel so proud to be an African-American. And it cuts to the woman who's like behind the counter, a black woman. She can, and she gives Ling like sort of a, an approving, like 
solidarity nod and then the mom runs up ling ling you passed by nail salon and you didn't say hi hi and then <laughs> ling looks back to the lady on the counter just <laughs> shaking her head and again um i think wilson you sort of nailed it with like that stuff we don't really like like we, we don't want to really break no down problem. too much <laughs> it's not our place to perhaps having but having said that all the people involved with these jokes are very funny, like and yeah. kind of making them work. And that and that bit got me quite well. Um, also, we have another great bit uh, with uh, the woman behind um, the counter um, involving a little extended cameo from um, Adam Sandler himself. That's right. We got he. This was in the trailer for the movie, and so they were like, we wanted people to know that the Sandman was in this. But we got Sandler for the first and question mark only time aside from aside from his brief appearance in uh dirty work is this the one time that sandler's done like a rob Sh like like it's like rob schneider and adam sandler swapped swapped bodies because suddenly <laughs> we have adam sandler doing the kind of cameo that rob schneider would do in one of his movies yeah um i think you're right about that and it's so weird that he doesn't pop up some somehow some way in grandma's boy but that's a but but that's a side thing. Um, yeah. And like, not only is it all right, you know what? Sandler also pops up ever so briefly in the animal. If you remember that, like you can do it. Oh yes. Yeah. That's right. Of course. Yeah. So this one's but, longer. That was like a, like a brief cutaway, but you're right. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Um, yeah. Like this one's a recurring bit. And I mean, <laughs> he's playing like a white, a white stoner dude with dreadlocks who who like sleeps in the back of the store apparently. Um, and he, um, it's, I, I, you know, I like Sandler. I think he's funny, um, obviously uh, after, you know, hundred episodes of the shit, but he, um, uh, he's basically just like, he shows them this like, he shows like the two of the girls that like Anna Ferris and another one, and he shows them like this oboe or whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, that was carved with a, uh, Cut with deer, like a uh, deer antler, um, and you know it was used by the Mazama tribe. And also, you can you can put your weed in there, um, <laughs> and then like, and it's like, oh wow, like, and then even better is when she's like, wow, look at this like model. He's like, oh, that's uh, the prison on Robin Island where Nelson Mandela was kept for twenty seven years. Uh, he came he came out became uh, you know after apartheid. Um, you know, became president of the country, all ready to heal. And they're like, oh, that's great. And he's just like, a lot of people don't know this, but and he takes the roof off of one of the buildings. He's like, hey, you could put your weed in here. <laughs> um, there are then, two things I, like, I want to mention. I, I love that Sandler, being this much of like just like this 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 stone goofus, clearly has some sincere appreciation for, for Nelson Mandela. So like the man knows his history, which is something. <laughs> and I think what kind of makes this bit work is that like, you know, he's there in between Anna Ferris and um, uh, Alexandra Holden is the mm -hmm. actress's name. And I want to say something about her in a second, but like they seem genuinely like kind of interested in what he's saying, <laughs> which kind of makes it work. Like they're not just like rolling their eyes. Like, Oh, this this fucking weird. They're like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's a Medella. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> it's so funny. The, um, so, and then of course, and the big trailer moment was, um, when the the woman behind the counter is so Jessica Rachel McAdams finds uh, the the earrings that we saw at the beginning of the movie, and um, she is like, oh, like I want these, you know, how much? And the woman's like, no, they're not for sale because. And then she starts telling the like this the legend of like how, how cursed they are, or whatever. And you know, we're hearing this is always a good joke in a movie. We're hearing like 
And we, of course, think this is non-diegetic music. We think this is not something the characters can hear. It's on the soundtrack, but it's like it gets like it gets louder, louder, more insistent. And then finally, the woman behind the counter just goes, "Would you stop banging those drums?" And Adam Sandler is like cuts away, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I didn't know you could hear that. Um, <laughs> it's a really good bit, but unfortunately, Jessica does not listen to uh, to the woman, and she steals the earrings. And uh, so, anyways, back at the gas station, she drops uh, she drops one of the earrings on the ground before she and she sort of torments the Rob Schneider character um, in a really mean spirited way. Um, but it doesn't matter because he's a criminal. He lives a life of crime. Um, and this is what he get to paraphrase Miami Vice. And uh, he, um, so anyways, uh, she drives away. Uh, we see her go home. Um, she, uh, you know, sort of, we see her home life, including we see her interaction with her, as we mentioned, her little brother Booger, who is, you know, dressing up um, in her clothes and wearing her makeup and, you know, whatever that, you know, whatever's going on with that. Um, she's supportive of him. Uh and her 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 mother, interestingly, I don't know if we meet her mother in this part of the movie, but we'll just since we're at home with her. Um, her her mother is played by Melora Hardin, who uh, you might out there know um, from The Office as Jan. Um, right. Really tremendous performance in that. Um, she was thirty five years old when she made this movie. God. Um, I'm thirty three. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's really fucking nuts that she is playing. Uh, she's playing a, a mother to Rachel McAdams, and then, now Rachel McAdams would have been about twenty-one or twenty-two when she made this. Um, so quite young for McAdams. Good for her. But um, Melora Hardin, like, no, like that's like a genuinely like uh, like I'm genuinely upset on her behalf. Like that it's like okay, like a few years later she's on The Office and she's playing someone who's like looking to have a child, like looking you know, like whatever. And it's like wow, this is. This is kind of nuts that uh, that she's she's in this movie in that role, um, but um, yeah, she's just sort of like her. Uh, the marriage is on the skids, basically. Like the mom and dad are not um, are not. You know, the spark has has left the marriage um, that night. Rachel McAdams talking on the phone with her boyfriend uh, Joey Lawrence. No, Matthew Lawrence. Matt Lawrence. Yeah, I can't Matthew keep him up. Can't keep up with him. I can't. Which one was in Money Heist? Oh, no, sorry, not Money Heist. Money, money Plane? Uh, I don't know about that, but this yes, guy yes, in this movie... Him. Matthew Lawrence was in Money Plane. All I know is that this guy in this movie we also know from um, Boy Meets World. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Matthew Lawrence, but we mostly know him from Money Plane. So he's the star of Money Plane. Um <laughs> And he plays Billy, Jessica's love interest. Um, and, um, you know, they just sort of have like a, you know, they, you know, she sneaks out and uh, she sneaks out and talks to him and somewhat implausibly based on the behavior we've seen from her so far, sort of imply, like not implies outright states like, no, like I'm not like they haven't had sex and she doesn't want to have sex until the moment is perfect. And I'm just like, I don't really know many people in high school who treated it that way, but sure um the um it, it, it cuts against the characterization i would say but um and then she's on the phone with anna ferris and she is just like wow i just 
you know, what would, uh, what, what, you know, I just can't imagine life if things weren't so perfect. Um, and weirdly, she, I don't understand why she has on, she has just the one earring in and she goes to bed. Well, wearing- it's like, it, it, yeah, it's like she dropped it from like, like, like at the gas station. It, it's like it, <laughs> the circumstances well, like, are as flimsy as but yes yeah i see what you mean like like why would she be going to bed with this one is hearing? this is the one part of the movie the rest of it like there have been body swap comedies like it's like they're on like fairly solid ground once they just get past the the like how they get there but this is like the uh the animal level of like fuck it who cares because why this is the idea of the idea of Rob Schneider's character, a petty criminal, a man, <laughs> just putting on an earring. I guess he must have had that ear pierced already. Um, <laughs> but like, why? <laughs> like he's like, <laughs> like, okay, isn't that funny? It's just like, why? Like, what? Like, like I don't know. Like, if I was in the room with him and I was his partner in crime, he's like, check me out. Isn't this hilarious? He's like, no, I don't. Anyways. He puts on the ring. Um, incidentally, the place where he lives, um, like the, we see like his bathroom and his toilet. Um, and it looks like he lives in a, like a, an abandoned part of Silent Hill. Um, <laughs> it looks like a place you would like walk awkwardly into and search for a key in the toilet. Like it, it's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> if we get a scene that rivals the tomato scene in Disbigolo in this too where he takes a dollar bill that's covered in the nacho cheese and is licking it. Oh, God. Yeah, it's nasty. Um, So they go to sleep and some uh, crazy, some crazy magic happens. Um, And of course, uh, the next morning, uh, Rob Schneider wakes up. Well, Jessica wakes up in her bed, but she now looks like Rob Schneider. And uh, the criminal wakes up in his recliner and now looks like Rachel McAdams. And uh, we get Rob Schneider, uh, you know, peeing, uh, sitting down, peeing, um, and realizing that he has penis, uh, freaking the fuck out, um, you know, just going absolutely nuts. I will say he has... A lot. So Rob Schneider, I, the pronouns are going to be weird and all over the place. And it's not out of like any sort of just dis- obviously any sort of disrespect, because that's not what's going on in this movie. It's just it's 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 hard to say. Like, it's like it's Jessica, but it's Rob Schneider. And we're going to it's we're just going to be playing fast and loose here. Um, Rob Schneider as Jessica has a lot more presence of mind than I would imagine after the immediate shock has worn off he's pretty quick to like not go into his hallway and see his parents. Let's see, see her parents. Um, He immediately clambers out onto the roof, conveniently sees that her dad has been laying out work clothes, grabs them and like beats a, beats a speedy retreat after uh, that funny bit where he tells uh, the booger, it's like, hey, dad, can I eat this, can I eat this cake for breakfast? Or, or sure, go for it. <laughs> Immediately after he starts chowing down, the dad walks in and is like, why are you eating my boss's cake? Um, so, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a, the hot chick is now Rob Schneider. And that 
brings us to, I know, I'm sorry, we've been all over the place and I'm not going to make this a super lengthy thing, but I do think it's, we, we've been building up to this, this entire mini series. This movie is the catalyst for the pop culture, pop culture artifact that I think did more than a million critics pins could have done to absolutely plant a dagger in Rob Schneider mm-hmm. as a comedy st- movie star. Um, and that would be uh, the Rob, the Rob Schneider parody on South Park. Um, because into the 2002 in the lead up to this movie. So they had to have been responding to the trailer. They right. produced the episode. I don't, I think the episode is called the biggest douche in the universe because it's um, it's the because- episode with Jonathan Edwards, the mentalist. Um, That's and the- funny. Like, like the actual crux of that episode was to really stick it to a, a different guy. So they're sticking it to, so the, the biggest douche in the universe, it does not refer to Rob Schneider. It refers to Jonathan Edwards, who, and in, in the plot of the episode, Kenny, Kenny, his, his body has died, but his spirit is like floating around and they're trying to like, Jonathan Edwards like tells them, like gives them some nonsense about where their Kenny's spirit is. And the whole time, like, so like Cartman flies to Scotland to get this exorcism but on, from Chef's parents. And on the plane, there is a trailer for, there's a trailer for a Rob Schneider movie. And it's like, you, you, first he was an animal, then he was a woman. And then you see like the shot from the hot chick where he's like, well, I'm a woman. Uh, and then he goes, and now Rob Schneider is a carrot. And he like, and it's like the same thing. He's like, he's like in front of the mirror. He's like, well, I'm a carrot. And it's like, now nah, a 24 carrat comedy. Uh, and he's like running around. Rated like, PG-13. Yeah, like a, like a rabbit is chasing after him, trying to eat him. He's like, whoa, whoa. And it's just like rated PG-13. <laughs> and I believe immediately after that, um, it, it, they play another trailer and it's Rob Schneider is the stapler. <laughs> like, well, I'm a stapler. Um, and, and, the, and at the end of the movie, at the end of the episode, um, Rob Schneider, uh, Kenny ends up having his soul transferred into Rob Schneider. And so the, the final joke of the episode or one of them is um, and Rob Schneider is Kenny, <laughs> like it turns out being an eight-year-old boy is harder than it looks. Um, and so, yeah, and it's all rated PG-13. And like, and eventually it just gets to, there's another one where it's like, you've seen him in Durr and Tum to Tiddly Tur. But now Rob Schneider is de-dum de-dum de-dur to Tiddly Tur. <laughs> rated PG-13. And that, my friends and I, I, I think I think anecdotally you could just examine it in my friends. Like I wasn't thinking about it in in this way, but Rob Schneider absolutely became a punchline after mm-hmm. that. Like absolutely became a joke, but not in the way that you know a comedian is supposed to be a joke. Um, and that I you know for better or for worse, I don't I don't I don't know like how much commentary we can like ha- have on like the you know. It's just a it's just a, a brute fact. It happened. <laughs> like <laughs> it happened, and this was early aught South Park. And we were all watching it. Um and they were kind of tastemakers in a way. Um uh-huh. uh, and I mean, and I'm watching that bit and dying laughing, particularly just the PG 13 
like little stinger on each one of the fake trailers. Like something about that, like bland specificity of these movies, like I felt was like the most damning bit of all. Like it wasn't even the absurd concept. It was just like, oh yeah, these are just like right in the pocket for just just raunchy enough, but not so like yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. Ra- Rab Schneider is a blank. Is like, oh no, you you fuck you killed him. You absolutely yeah. you you ended this man you ended this man's whole career in one television episode. And, like, and he was just he was just on the rise like one year after the other, hit, 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 and then um I yeah, it, it you know, just like a couple of years later, I remember the conversation around Family Guy irreversibly changed once they did their little um, you know, their little cutaway gags and like the manatees and all that shit. Um so and yeah, this, I mean, it seemed like this all seems so quaint now in a way. Like, oh, remember when South Park did that bit and no one talked about Schneider the same way? Like, either because they had their minds blown or because South Park was cool and you kind of wanted to be cool. And so people who are probably, who probably bought a ticket to the hot chick or the animal and laugh and had a good time were probably soon after that episode being like, oh, yeah, Schneider fucking lame like okay whatever <laughs> like yeah it, you know it's uh i don't know what larger point we can make about it aside from the fact that it happened and we can't quantify what effect it had but it had to have had an effect it because i don't know because i do feel like like he's never res- at least as far as i can tell he's never responded to to like matt stone and trey parker in the way that he a few years later very publicly called out like critics of deuce bigelow too and like he had like a beef with roger ebert and with other people and like i think that in my head until doing this series i think in my head i had probably just absent-mindedly not thinking about it too much had pegged his decline to deuce bigelow and that whole critical brouhaha but i i it happened before that was the that was like the that was the indicator that like the, the change had happened was that like, you know, we didn't see it for a few years until he started another movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no um, it's, it's devastating. And unfortunately the hot chick is, 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 you know, ground zero for this. Um, yeah. He, just looking around, I was curious if he had a response. I can't really seem to find anything though. Like the only thing I can find is he gets super upset at the Razzies uh, whenever he won a Razzie for Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Um, calling them assholes, and then oh wait, no, totally wrong. I, I, you know what? I got, I got to eat my words here. Um, he did. Schneider did comment on it. Did he? Okay. It says here, um, uh, in in an interview, um, he said Schneider said, okay, well, all right, this is on Wikipedia, and there's not a, it's in quotes, but there's not an actual citation. Um, it says uh, Schneider responded in an about.com interview. I loved it. I thought that was genius. I thought the only thing, they were too nice to me. When you're spoofed by the best people in the business, that's an honor. You know what? Good for him. I mean, he couldn't have known what sort of collateral damage that would have on his career, but that's certainly certainly a better reaction than other celebrities have had to South Park and to other things. And I, and I always think it's like, I don't know, like I remember like Matt Damon had a similar thing about um, Team America where he was like, he had something where he was like, oh, I would have been, I would have been upset if I hadn't been, if they hadn't made fun of me in that movie. Like, you know, like, go no, go nuts. Like, um, and so like, I, yeah, I respect when people can take that 
you know, for what it's worth, even when, I mean, South Park's not afraid to actually get very nasty, like not just like, oh, it's not just in good fun. They'll, they'll be like very direct, but anyways, um, moving on, um, it's going to be like, this episode's going to be like as twice as long as the animals episode. Um, Cause there's just so much, so much to dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes to, uh, he, he goes to the high school and again, it's smartly, he is intelligent enough to understand like he can't just like walk in there. And so he, um, he gets, uh, he calls Anna Ferris um, and uh, is like, meet me out on the bleachers or whatever. And Anna Ferris comes out and, um, <laughs> Schneider's good in this scene. Schneider's very funny in this scene, like crawling under the bleachers to like, like pulling himself on, like, and it's like April, 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 <laughs> like that. Like that's good. And then, um, you know, he's trying to convince her, like, no, you don't understand. Like I, Jimmy, quit coughing. Um, but uh, like, oh yeah, like April. No, it's me. It's really you know. It's me. Jessica um, and she pepper sprays him and knocks him knocks him down um, uh, the, the thing and at a certain point at a certain point when he was like falling down every step of the bleachers um, I was just like boy this does suck it's like a, like she's a mean girl but like she doesn't just like when she's like wailing about like I think I broke a rib I'm like that's actually really upsetting like that's really My like, eye. horrifying to imagine that, like you woke up in a different body and then you were like horribly abused like you mistreated suffered physical maladies um but um he tells the story of like her moving, her moving to town from like I think Arkansas, and it's like everyone made fun of you because of the way you talked, and your, you had your two front teeth were brown, um, <laughs> um, and she is just like okay, like somehow she accepts as Roger would put it, like the most amazing miraculous thing that's ever happened in human history, and she's like, okay, this must be true, um, and they in pretty short order convince the other friends that this is what is going on. Um, they uh, set out to figure, you know, to find what is uh, what has been happening or like what happened and how they can reverse it up. Meanwhile, we're, we just sort of get like we occasionally see Rachel McAdams as the Rob Schneider character. Um, you know, it's like she wakes up and is like screams like, where's my dick? Um, we're uh, going to buy tampons. Be like, I have to do what? Um, and eventually, uh, you know, stealing cars from people and stripping towards the end, but we'll get there. Um, but we have uh, the friends uh, trying to help Jessica in Rob Schneider's body figure out what happened. And so initially they think it's the goth girl, but you know, as we, as we sort of mentioned, uh, she's like, Oh no, like I, I, I cast a whole lot of spells on you, but I never cast anything like that. And so that's not me. Um, they, uh, they enlist the, um, the, what's her name? It's like, Hilda, Hilda something like Hilda Meyer. Like, like Hilda, um, like, yeah, like <clears throat> Hilda Hildenberg. Uh, Hildenberg. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't like that, but um, Hilden, Hildenberg, um, they, they enlist her help um, by saying, oh, and the read, the way they get to these people is because they're basically like, they have to, like, Jessica has to sort of learn that a lot of people don't like her. Mm-hmm. That she's a huge, huge jerk to everybody. Um, and she uh like so they go talk to hildenberg who i did think it is a fat joke and that just like there are such things as funny fat jokes i think but like this is just like it's a lot of these are very lazy however i did like that she's like mixing stuff in a beaker 
And then she has a bowl of vanilla ice cream. And it's clear that when she's mixing, it's like strawberry syrup or something. Cause she just like pours it over the ice cream and then eats it. Um, That's a good then, gag. And then that scene ends with uh, Rob Schneider saying, uh, this was also in the trailer. Why do I have such vivid memories of this trailer? She says, <laughs> uh, you have no idea what it's like to wake up and have to shave your chin. And she just goes, yes, I do. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Anna Ferris has a funny reaction to that too. Like, not like, not like in a grossed out way. She's almost like, oh, like, what? Like, like, wow, this is really happening. Oh my God. Um, great. Very amazing. Like wide eyed reactions to so much in this. She has so many in this movie. You could do a whole super cut of just her. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to give a quick, I, I want to give yeah, yeah. a real quick shout out to um, uh, Alexandra Holden, who plays, um, uh, well, I don't know if that's the right name. Like the, like the character's name is Lulu as opposed to Ling Ling. Like the redheaded, like short redheaded friend. She doesn't have much of like a character trait. She's just, she's just one of Jessica's buddies, like, in, like yeah. in, in the group. Um, but, and, you know, this is a just blast in the past territory. I remember having a big crush on her from this era because she was also in Drop Dead Gorgeous and Sugar and Spice. She shows up on Friends for a bit as like a student, as like a college student that that Professor Ross is dating, which is you know yeah weird, weird. but like but like she she was just like one of those faces that popped up a lot during this time. And revisiting the hot chick, I was like, I know her. Who is her? Who is she? And then it finally clicked. Yeah. Big old crush on her between Sugar and Spice and uh, and, uh, and 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 this one. So yeah, this yeah. was a uh, twenty years on, and uh, yeah, it was definitely bringing some stuff back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of had a crush on all these girls in this mm -hmm. movie, like watching it. Um, like, I mean, obviously, like Anna Ferris and Rachel McAdams, like for sure. Um, but the um, so also like uh, Jessica in Rob Schneider's body goes back to her home um, and ends up like being mistaken for the gardener, um, being mistaken for the gardener, um, and she he just decides to go with it and it's like, oh, it's me, Taquito. Um, and, and Takedo is uh, bonding with Jessica's dad and Jessica's dad, you know, talks about how, you know, the spark has gone from the marriage to Jessica's mom um, and all that. Um, later on, uh, later on, Melora Hardin um, invites Takedo in um, and tries to seduce Takedo uh, in a uh, in a it's like a back to the future times times like six it's like in all different directions it's worse um the uh her trying to seduce her own daughter in rob schneider's body um but it ends up it ends up ultimately bringing um bringing the family back together because later in the movie uh taquito is like oh like i like men and like why don't i help like give you a makeover and give you a bubble bath and all that stuff and the dad walks in on the mom um uh you know in the bubble bath and he taquito i thought we were amigos um, <laughs> and uh he runs out to uh, rob schneider does but uh they just are she's like you know they they it rekindles the spark um also there's the running gag about um anna ferris's parents um <laughs> anna ferris's mom rightfully uh, rightfully extremely concerned that something is going on and like they're talking about Jessica at one point they're like I found Jessica's body we have to go whatever and she's just like something and grievous bodily harm continues to happen to her every time she attempts to like do something about it like falling off of a tall like ladder or like getting into a 
kind of horrifying car accident, like the one from Adaptation. <laughs> um, there's a bit where she backs out of her driveway, he gets sideswiped. Um, there's a bit where she falls up from the balcony yeah. and lands on like the living room floor. You hear a big thud and, and then like a cat meow, which. <laughs> and, but weirdly, super bizarrely, I thought, the Anna Ferris's father is played by Robert Davi. Yeah. Why in the hell? Why in the hell is Robert Davi in this movie? He's not doing anything. Like what, I mean, what? but I love this running joke though of her getting into like increasingly awful injuries and like, as you said, rightfully picking up that something's not right with her daughter and friend, and he just and he's like, mm, you sound like you need to do more to fill out your day, honey, or like if you ruin April's night, I will have you put away. Like like he's just like he's just there making his little model planes or whatever, just like this like this miserable asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just i i just because at first i was like man that dude looks like robert davi and then when i looked it up i was like how can this be like why is the dude from predator 2 and showgirls here um yeah so let's see uh now we're like jumping all around here um they go to they go to ladies night because they are why did they go to ladies night i don't remember <laughs> Um, it uh, follows well they go there for a reason like don't they no they definitely do i just can't remember what it is it's like oh because they're like oh no here's what it is so they talk to i I'm, i'm remembering now so they talk to the goth girl and the goth girl is telling them about like Santeria witchcraft. And she's just like, oh, like it was like, it, it, like it was in Cuba. And so they think it must be Bianca, Jessica's um, like rival um, who like must've cast a spell. And they're like, well, like there's a scorpion tattoo on the back of people who do Santeria. And so like Bianca's going to be at ladies night. And so you need to go to ladies night and, uh, and find out. And so they bring, uh, they bring Rob Schneider with them. Um, incidentally, they mentioned that uh, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider says, "I look. I'm a. I look like a 30 year old man." Rob Schneider was 39 when they made this movie, <laughs> and so it's a little, little generous, Mr. Schneider. It's a little weird to me that he is. It's also like whenever he woke up in the bed, did he have his like ID and whatnot? And like, why? How are they in this club? Right. Yeah. Well, I guess they figure like he just like they don't need to check his ID because he's you know he looks like a he looks like a strapping thirty year old. Um, yeah, I don't understand that either. Um, we get um so yeah uh, we have Rob Schneider at the bar um, at the bar sort of making uh, like act talking like a girl and then the bartender kind of keeps staring staring daggers at him and he's like he, he when he asks he orders like a sex on the beach. Uh, uh, he orders sex on the beach and uh, the guy is like sort of stared at him and he's just like um, or not, maybe not sex on the beach something like that and he's just like staring and he's just like uh, make that a brewski actually uh, better make it a double brewski which is <laughs> like that I, I, I appreciated that um, but that keeps happening there's a running gag they keep sort of bumping into this dude where it's like he's saying like uh, like I'm about to go pee my panties and the guy's standing right behind him and he's like I mean uh pee my girlfriend's panties that I carry with me and, and I, I pee in them because I can't make it to the bathroom. Um, uh, 
he uh there's a whole bit where he doesn't know how to use the urinal and a kindly uh urinal attendant shades of uh shades of deuce bigelow uh urinal attendants that's a um, that's a common theme bathroom attendants being a common theme in rob schneider's work um so uh he teaches him you know <laughs> teaches him not to sit in the urinal and go and like you know and how to do it um and then uh Rob Schneider ends up, so he gets into like a dance, a dance party competition thing with Bianca. Um, she doesn't have a scorpion tattoo on her back is the thrust of that scene. And, um, but Rob Schneider ends up getting into a fight with someone who uh, is very rude to the goth girl um, and propositions her in a shitty, gross bro way. And so Rob Schneider basically like, it's like, you want to take this outside and they go outside. Um, Weird little fun fact that is a is I only noticed this because of the way my brain works. Unfortunately, um, in uh, in that guy, the jock jerk, uh, his posse, um, there's an Asian guy in his posse, and that Asian guy, um, he he wasn't. On, I had to like go. I think he might be uncredited, but he is. This is listed on IMDb. That's Jason Tobin, and Jason Tobin um, is in the fast and furious series oh. as the guy who is um he was in justin lynn's better luck tomorrow the same year as this he was um as the hot chick um but he plays um the guy in like fast nine if you've seen fast nine he's the guy with lucas black and uh lucas black and bow wow who is not lucas black and bow wow he's like and he's in tokyo drip like he is their like engineer <laughs> mechanic q type guy in that movie um he is, incidentally, this is not the first time he's appeared in one of these movies on our podcast. He's in, also uncredited, he's in Beverly Hills Ninja. Um, and I okay. mentioned him, I, mean, I did bring him up on that episode too. I didn't actually see him in Beverly Hills Ninja, but he is listed on IMDb as being in it. Um, so anyways, just a weird little fun fact. He's been in like, I think there's the TV show Warrior, like he's, He's he's been in a bunch of stuff, um, and I just like he has a distinctive look to him, and I was just like, man, that guy. It's like I hope I'm not being racist, but that guy looks like Jason Tobin. And thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, it was not me. Um, so then, uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, like this, they kick Rob Schneider kicks this dude in balls several times, and then the guy kicks Rob Schneider in the balls. Um, and um, this is also the scene where we uh, the uh, Hildenberg um, gets together with her her beau um uh the 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 i got dibs on the dots uh scene um let's see what else at a certain point there's a cheer competition um yes that just that just sort of happens and like it's like all right moving on like that happened um the the cheer competition um oh (laughs) so she wants jessica the whole time wants to reach out to her boyfriend uh Matthew Lawrence. Um, jo- wait, jo- <laughs> is it Joey or Matthew? Which one is this? Matthew. Matthew. Lawrence. Matthew. Matthew Lawrence and um, Matthew Lawrence is on a, is on a ski trip um, with his buddy, played by Eric Christian Olsen, who you might know it from uh, the playing the Jim Carrey character in uh, the prequel to Dumb and Dumber. Um, he's also not another teen movie. He's, he's a very funny guy. Um, but they go on this ski trip and, and at one point, Jessica as Rob in Rob Schneider's body, she's sort of like tormenting him by like being like, no, like, please, like, you know, he, like, he's aware that like this, like what he thinks is this crazy man, like is stalking him. Um, and it's this call. He gets this call 
from Rob Schneider and Rob Schneider, he's like, hello. And Rob Schneider's just like, Billy, I should have made love to you when I had the chance. And his response is a joke in a PG-13 comedy. His response is, Father Muldoon? (laughs) (laughs) It's a funny bit. It's fucked up. And, you know, again, it's like that 20 years later mind lapse thing. But I remember, like, I was rewatching it today. And that and that joke happened, and like, like, whoa, like I texted you. I was like, "Holy shit! Did you see? Like, did you catch the first joke?" And, and I remembered that moment in the theater too, being like a huge like, like, like just you know, people kind of screaming like in the aisle sort of a thing. I mean, this would have been around the time that some stories were getting broke in the news um, in two thousand two. I want to say. Yeah, uh, so yeah uh, also so, I mean, done like, done by rachel mcadams right that's right also also by rachel mcadams yeah that's the, so there that's you go. the connection right there is rachel <laughs> mcadams uh, yeah like uh and, and by the way like i i always think those types of jokes are absolutely fair game and like, i kind of support them in a in like a sad way but but it it took me off guard for sure and definitely was one of those like oh yeah 2002 there you go sort of thing but like that's the sort of quote-unquote dated joke that i that i find like oh wow like that's that like that kind of blows my hair back a bit as opposed to just the weird silly like the rotund girl is eating a burger for no reason kind of a thing like those always like those those tend to great oh boy and she definitely does eat a burger later that's that's a spoiler (laughs) um she um so oh yeah and they um uh, yeah, and they they go back they they go back to the store in the mall, um, and you know another bit with Adam Sandler, and they you know just learn like oh well you need both of the earrings to break the curse, and so um, meanwhile like Rob Schneider the actual Rob Schneider like his history of petty criming is is catching up to him, um, and like his likeness is getting faxed uh, you know to like the school district and stuff. Uh, Jessica also as Rob Schneider becomes the new school janitor. Um, and there's a scene where he learns, she, he, she learns in the boys locker room that Eric Christian Olsen is cheating on Anna Ferris, his nominal girlfriend. And, um, you know, the Rob Schneider's like cleaning and he's just like, you asshole. And then it's just like, and they look at him and he's just like, oh, asshole who left these showers on. Like, it's like, oh, someone shit in a locker or whatever. Um. Anyways, Eric Christian Olsen is uh, sleeping around, and I guess, I guess we're supposed to care. Um, <laughs> this really started something for me in my head as watching this for the first time, where I was like, "Are they about to do something really interesting?" Where it it seemed like they were kind of having like this Anna Ferris and Rob Schneider like getting into a relationship, and I partially was thinking like, "Is it going to be at the end where Anna Ferris and then the switched back body of Rachel McAdams are like?" starting a relationship together doesn't go that way in the end but like the threading of that was there and i was like this is interesting if it goes this way it does not go that way so anna yeah it, it is really interesting how anna ferris is like slowly you can tell that she's like she's like slowly like kind of falling for um what, they, what do they call him it's spence it's, spence yeah clive is the guy's actual name but it's spence so they're calling schneider's like nickname is spence because jessica's last name is spencer so right okay so yeah so they call him spence and anna ferris is like into 
get falling like kind of like having feelings for Spence. Falling in, yeah, like falling for Spence. They kind of make it confusing because at one point she says like I'm falling in love with you, Spence, and it's like you're falling in love with Jessica. Well, that's so that's the weird that's the weird thing, and that's the thing that like obviously like today would read differently. And I'm and this isn't like this isn't even necessarily a thing that I'm. I don't even know if I'm even necessarily saying this is dated. It's just that, like, oh, we would just conceive of it differently now. Yeah. Where, like, at the end, where it's like, Anna Ferris says, and sort of, sort of has a point of like, oh, well, like, I'm like, <laughs> you're my best friend, and now you're a man, and so like, what's not? To, it's sort of like, oh, okay, like, isn't that what you want to feel mm-hmm. with the person that you love? And I do feel like nowadays there would be a little added on like she it would be like oh no i actually just like you in like whatever form you're taking mm-hmm. like that's what i'm like and that would be like a thing but like she's saying yeah it's like she like what she's saying like it, it, it makes it, it again it makes sense it's like oh like we're, <laughs> we're you're the person who like i have the most in common with and i like spending time with the most and and you're and now you are a member of the opposite sex and like what else am I supposed to do with that? And it's like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, it's not, yeah. So it's a weird, it, it, they don't do much, that much with it. I guess they need to give, I guess they need to give on affair sort of a, like a, not an arc, but like some more business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what they gave her. Um, yeah. I mean, she I, has great chemistry with Schneider. Like, so if maybe, taking that sort of developing attraction to its logical conclusion. Like it's, it's, it's the, the movie is inching up on stuff. It's not really equipped to like deal with. I don't think it's even on its radar. Yeah. um, But I'm glad it at least goes there because the, the funny of it and the emotion of it, I think is well sold by both of them. Um, Speaking of, funny and emotion um i forgot to mention one of my favorite scenes which is uh when they do the pillow fight um <laughs> steiner is so it's just one of the times when the premise actually does like pay off in a very funny way where like comedically where it's like schneider is hitting hitting the girl he gets carried away and he's hitting the girls with the pillow so hard that like anna ferris gets like picked up off the ground and thrown like like fucking Magneto had used his powers to slam her against the wall. Like that's how, that's how strong the impact is. Um, and so that's a great scene. And it's Schneider just cackling the whole time. <laughs> 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 like, and slamming him in the wall. He hits, uh, what, what's her name? The, the one, the, the one you were saying, Chris, I, I, I forget her name, but he like, Oh, it's her and she doubles over and then he and she's like Hoo! and he knocks her in the wall. Oh violence against women is never funny, except in this one scene in the hot chick. Except when it involves Anna Ferris like flying around a room, like either in this or in scary movie, which was a different type of context. Uh, but 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 you know, it works. Is, yeah, that 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 scene is very very funny. But yeah, so um, they they also have a cheer competition, um, and uh, they win after even though it's revealed that Rob Schneider is in this like mascot costume, um, they're like, well, we checked the rule book, and uh, 
There's nothing in the rule. There's, you know, this is the same rule book they used for Air Bud. There's nothing in the rules that says a dog can't play f- basketball. And there's also nothing in the rules that says a janitor can't be a member of the cheer <laughs> And so, therefore, uh, they win the, 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 the cheer competition. If you're out there listening, were you, were you just waiting on tenterhooks? You're like, when are they going to fucking mention what happens with that cheerleading competition? Well, here it is, you jackals. <laughs> That's what happens in the cheer competition. They win it. <laughs> Um, so, so then, um, let's see, they go to prom, uh, Rob Schneider, uh, decides to go to, or they decide to go together to prom. Um, Eric Christian Olsen takes Bianca and I think, right. Yeah. Takes Bianca instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, poor, poor Matthew Lawrence. Um, he's just like, he, he just doesn't know what to do. Um, while they're there, um, the school is starting to learn, is like just learned that, um, that like Rob Schneider's character is wanted by the law. Um, and uh, I like Rob Schneider going up to uh, Matthew Lawrence and like sort of uh, just like, you know, Billy's just going to have to accept me for who I am, um, which again, admirably bold, admirably bold, admirably bold stance for the movie to take were it to have the courage of its, you know, of its convictions uh-huh. like, in any direction. Um, and again, I don't, I don't blame the movie for that in 2002, not knowing that it should take one of those routes, but it is just like the road not traveled is very interesting here um, mm-hmm. where it's like, it's, it's like, yeah, what would it matter if she stayed in Rob Schneider's body? Who cares? Right. Um, like, you know, like he loves her or she loves him or whichever, like doesn't fucking matter um, is what, you know, I would hope that would be the message if they, you know, if, Netflix did a hot chick too, you know, these days, but, um, yeah. So I don't know. Does anything funny happen at prom other than that? What's going on? Um, oh, yeah. I mean like the whole, the whole business with the uh, Ling Ling and the bling bling. Oh yes. Well, yes. So her mother showing up as we mentioned. Right. Mother showing up, bringing her, and bling her bling. bouncing away, um, is great. Uh, then that, you know, T and Tamara Mowry being like, Oh no, I wish my mom brought me, bling bling um which is which is great um ashley simpson gets punched you know spilled on her which yeah yeah hilarious great stuff always good yeah Yeah. uh... (laughs) and then at a certain point i don't i don't really remember how who cares uh they learn that uh rachel mcadams's body is at the strip club um and so all the characters converge upon this strip club um where she is you know shaking it for money the uh the one of the patrons is the his best friend in the animal um i forget that dude's name but the um louis lombardi louis lombardi yes um so you got get a great uh get a great uh couple lines from him um and uh you know jessica and clive you know in their swapped bodies you know confront one another um, and Rob Schneider at one point, like Rachel McAdams is like, okay, okay, like fine. I know you can, she probably her best bit of comedic acting in the movie is like and showing like you know the skills she would use in something like Game Night is when she's just like, okay, all right, fine, because you're you're so, you're so mad because you want your body back, and like does this like she's sort of like doing the like crying face thing like like oh like you're so sensitive you want your body back um and she proposes that uh she be allowed to have the body on weekends so she could make cash 
Um, Rob Schneider strangles her, tries to strangle her, and uh, the owner helpfully points out the uh, the sign on the wall that says "No strangling the strippers." Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the uh, like uh, Jessica's parents show up because Anna Ferris's mom called them, I guess. Uh, Jessica's parents show up. Matthew Lawrence shows up. Um, Jessica gets the earrings back. She transforms back into herself. You know, great, great for her. Um, you know, I guess Anna Ferris's unresolved feelings for that are just sort of left hanging. Um, right. And we see Clive uh, after um, one of the last things, that, I mean, it's actually the last thing that happens before the credits roll. Um, uh, is after he's been arrested by the police, he's like escaped from custody and he's like wearing like skimpy, long, like skimpy lingerie or whatever and um, in handcuffs and he runs out into the road and he flags down a car and the uh, car picks him up and he you know gets one look at the driver and the driver is uh, the, uh, uh, the bartender from the bar that they were at at ladies night earlier, the one who uh, he was saying all the like double entendre like, you know, stuff that was mistaken as gay. And it turns out it appears uh, that this man is, is himself uh, homosexual, or at least has designs on uh, Rob Schneider. Um, <laughs> and he gives him, quite frankly, a predatory smile and locks the doors. And um, that's a little, that's a little weird note to end the movie on, but, um, <laughs> but you know what? It's okay because this movie is a weird mixed bag um, as far as, you know, I don't know, representation or, or it's, you know, it, any of the sort of like minefields that it blunders into, it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't like do much with them, you know, as far as we would expect it to today. But I don't know, guys, I like the hot chick. I like it too. I, it, I think it holds up um, in like ways that surprised me in the sense that it's uh, <clears throat> kind of playfully dealing with content that you ostensibly wouldn't want a 20 year old Rob Schneider movie to deal with, but a lot of it, it deals with, you know, with, 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 with good humor and good heart. Sometimes not so much, but you know, you, you, you can't win them all. Um, but yeah, no, this was, uh, of the big three that we've done so far, this is easily my favorite. And I think just overall, like the best movie, um, Anna Ferris, I, you know, will never stop praising. And I think she kind of steals the movie here. Um, but I don't want to give short strip. This is also just my favorite Schneider vehicle altogether. And, you know, like, I think you see some charming bits of him and some funny bits of him with vehicles like Deuce and the animal. But I think he is quite well served by the material here. And he's not just doing like, a silly high pitched voice. I think he's actually showing up here and making and making Jessica work. Um, and I think it does work. Um, and this, you know, and this very, very, very silly movie. I think there actually is a like well, like well defined little heart to it that 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 he and Ferris kind of kind of really bring out. So yeah, yeah. Um, this one I could, you know, like like I. I will happily watch Deuce and the Animal for a podcast with my buddies. Those aren't ones I'm going to revisit. I could see myself revisiting this one again at some point. Yeah, I think I feel like in the series of the three that we've seen, um, they're all a step up from the previous one. Yeah. So 
I think this is, um, and I guess this is kind of his step off in terms of like box office or whatnot. Yeah, this is the streak. The streak ends here, or the of the step ups in quality, because um, this this only made. Uh, okay, so it made fifty four million worldwide. Um, domestically, it only made thirty five million. Um, so not great. But it so, must have been a huge hit on DVD because it was like a thing that everyone our age, considering you grew up in maybe graduating 2006 high school age range, like everyone was talking about this. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I owned the DVD back in the day and I knew a lot of friends who did too. And obviously clearly, it clearly showed everywhere um, because my two buddies from college who I mentioned who were not movie guys at all. I mean, not like this was a movie made for movie people, but like they, you know, knew and liked it enough to quote it like, like they did. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny. I do think that Schneider, uh, you're, I think, you know, what you were saying, Chris, like, that's, that's a good point. Like Schneider is like, I think he's well served by this material. Um, even as like, I don't know, they're like simple things. Like I love, uh, I laughed every time Schneider would suddenly use a deep voice. Like every time we're just like, really, <laughs> really wait. It's like, okay. Like that's like, it's just funny. What can I do? Um, he had some funny reactions. Um, you know, the interaction like with the, with his dad, uh, like, you know, like that stuff with like Taquito and him, like that was funny. Um, yeah. And even like the, oh, and like even the I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of weird because it's like, it, I guess you have to, <laughs> him playing a girl, it's like, you know, that can, you could almost see it being like an uncomfortable, like stereotype of like, like an effeminate, like gay man or something. But I think there's something very, there's more something more specific and funny, even in that scene in like the bar where he's like, keeps accidentally revealing himself to the bartender <laughs> i think that schneider's body language in those scenes like in that scene is very funny i'm very like i don't know it's uh he commits and it doesn't you know and it, it doesn't feel I, I, i'm saying this about a movie that you know roger Ebert gave a half star and, and all this stuff it's like i i don't think it feels ha as hacky as some of his other stuff has um and feels yeah more like a like a, a fleshed out performance it's still slapdash in its construction in a lot of ways i mean it's definitely it's definitely more professionally put together than i would say deuce bigelow and the animal um mm -hmm. just on a craft level which isn't saying much it's just that like you know it, it's like there was some some thought put into some of this stuff yeah um and yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I, I definitely agree. It's absolutely the best. It's the key, and I think at this point it's fairly safe to say um, we do have two more. You know, this is this is like the exact midpoint. So we do have two more Schneider movies to watch, but um, this is the peak. This is a it's it's it, the shape of Rob Schneider's Happy Madison career is like a, a it's a mountain. It's it's you know it's like you, you you go up. You start at the bottom with Deuce Bigelow, you go up a little bit to the animal, and then you reach the peak of the hot chick, and then you come back down, and you've got Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, and you get the bench warmers. I don't know for a fact the bench warmers is worse than European Gigolo. I haven't seen it, but um, we will report back to you. Um, We're going to find out together.
that's so true um uh yeah i don't know i like i said i owned this dvd i i got a lot of play out of it it uh introduced the world or at least me to rachel mcadams um it you know allows anna ferris i'm never going to complain if you're allowing anna ferris to show off her comedy chops um it has a soundtrack full to the brim with things that i was listening to in uh 2002 you got your good charlotte you got your uh hot action cop you've got uh oh man jimmy Eat world of course um Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a it's a heck of a time not you know not since the new guy uh sorry (laughs) such a a soundtrack for me um so or van wilder All, all of these 2002 movies interestingly enough i'm learning something about my music taste back then um so yeah that's the hot chick. Um, any, any, any final thoughts? I mean, we kind of said it, but what do you got? Good old time. Um, it's, it's funny seeing like pre-explosion Rachel McAdams in a Schneider vehicle. Um, but her like already showing that she was indeed like Rachel McAdams. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a delight seeing Anna Ferris just kind of steal the show. I think just with her natural charisma and just something as simple as her, like, 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 as we've said, just, just, just her reaction shots are so delightful um, and so much fun. And I think, and I really, really take this movie to the next level and yeah. Um, our buddy Rob Schneider, um, uh, you know, like, like, this could have gone wrong. Like, like, like this could have been a fiasco, I think in a lot of ways, but the fact that it actually um, tries to like run with this premise, like as well as it can, like, and like, and like, while still having fun, like, like this is like, it's the hot shit guys. Like, I, like, I, like, I feel like I'm trying to overstate the point, but, but it's uh, yeah. Um, In comparison to, the very silly bits that we've been spending with uh, Schneider so far. I feel like this definitely is the most fun we've had. And uh, yeah, yeah, I dig it. I am, I am a fan of 2002's The Hot Chick. Yeah. I think the, I think the supporting cast does a lot for this movie, mm-hmm. um, which he didn't really have in the previous two. Like, I feel like the supporting cast was kind of there, but I think they're really strong here. Yes. Agreed. Um, I will say we probably could have done the categories here in terms of uh, maybe not slumming love interest as much as product placement. So there's definitely several product placements in here. Um, whatever those pink snowball things are. Oh, like the um, things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I saw like a Sierra Nevada pale ale somewhere in there. And then I'm sure there was other things. I was kind of keeping track a little bit, but. Uh, there's the yellow bug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The Sierra Nevada, the 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 beer mm-hmm. they drink. I noticed that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I was kind of wondering if there was like, there's no, no, there's no slumming love interest. Um, I mean, there's definitely Sandler squad members for sure. I mean, clearly. Um, although not, I mean, not as many as you might think. I guess. I mean, just like Schneider himself and Sandler, who is obviously the head of the Sandler squad, but. Yeah, it seems like there's probably fewer here than there were, like the animal at least had it had Sandler and Norm Macdonald. Yeah, 
So yeah, interesting how that flipped there a little bit, but, but yeah, I mean, this being my first time, I like, I enjoyed it for sure. Um, it's, I, I can agree. I would, if it were on TV, I could probably sit and, and like watch it. it. seems like definitely like a sleepy watch type thing. Sure. So yeah, if it were on TV, you could watch it over and over again and then tell your, your college friends, uh, it's me, Jessica, every time you walk in the door. <laughs> I've heard that you can do that um, with this movie. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's the hot chick. Um, I like it. I recommend it. Um, if you're if you made it this far on the podcast and you enjoy these movies that we're talking about, I, I think that hot chick, you know, won't miss too badly for you. Um, if that's what, if this is the sort of thing you're looking for. Um, but enough with the hot chick. We, unfortunately, uh, the Schneiderverse has been too kind to us for too long. Um, we've been, it's been mostly, mostly smooth sailing so far. Um, <laughs> but we are about to hit some real choppy water with uh, Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Although I say that, uh, I think it's going to be a good episode. We're going to try and bring back. Uh, we're going to try and bring, bring back. Bring back our boy Brian Connolly. Um, he has requested yes. this. Uh, we haven't had him on since I, if I'm not mistaken, Grown Ups Two, um, which has been damn near two years, which is an insane thing to think about. Um, and that's exciting. So hopefully we're going to have him. We also got. Um, we also got Danny Benson, who was also on the Grown Ups 2 episode. He's going to be on our Benchwarmers episode after that, which, well, depending on if the Sandler movie, Hustle, if that falls in, uh, like in between. And uh, we'll have more info about that uh, when we uh, put out our European Gigolo episode. Um, but otherwise, I think that does us for this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really, really appreciate that anyone out there at all uh, enjoys us jabbering on about uh, about these dumb movies that we like. Um, if you like it, you know, tell your friends. Um, you know, you can always do the rate, review, subscribe. You know, number that you know they always ask you to do. Um, but we just really respect uh, your uh, appreciate your attention um, and your consideration. Um, so yeah, as always, I'm Wilson Smith. This was Chris Giles and Austin Colt. We'll see you next time for Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo. Y'all take care.